0: Uh, Welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton, and we have our own personal half-pint High Rocks um, Hobbit, whatever, we'll go with all of it, Bethany McChesney. (laughs) And this weekend, he he may not have been the winner, but I think in a way he kind of was the big winner of uh, the High Rocks Invitational. David McGee, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm good, man. I feel great. Um, You know, a little banged up, but I'm already back home, and I'm kind of ready to, like, kind of process it all and move forward to the next event. Right. So I think what I'd like to do
0: is let's, let's go back to the beginning of the story here because let's go back to like January, right? Go back to January. Hirox decides we're going to have this invitational, right? Coming off a year of um, obviously 2020 being a rough year for everybody, for them setting up events and whatnot. And they decide we're going to have this big invitational. We're going to get Lauren, we're going to get Hunter, and we're going to have, them. we're going to work with them. We're going to invite a bunch of different people, have them compete head to head for some good cash, right? You know, $10,000 for the winner, Cash mm-hmm. now, right off the hop, you were not on that list.
1: This right? is true. Well, so, okay, so it goes back further than that. Okay? okay, and 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 the reality is what what happened was Hunter was planning this thing, and he's trying to convince them, like, hey, invest like what is it, thirty grand in prize money. So he's trying to convince them to do that, and so he's like, I'll bring out this crazy lineup of athletes, whatever. And he called me and a hierarchy was not on my radar. Like I obviously I knew what it was, but I wasn't training for it. All I did last year, I did no strength training. I lost a huge amount of my strength, and my muscle. And all I was doing was like running, 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 like crazy and doing body weight strength. And um, so that was mostly last year. And then um, the gym kind of, my gym that I own, Elevate, started kind of getting rolling again. So I started picking that stuff up gradually, but just not at the level I was. But Hunter reached out to me and was like, Hey man, like we're having this thing. there's really nobody out here who has a chance against me maybe you do, but that's it and so I was like, listen man, like I'm not trained for this I'm not ready for this like physically, my body is like not mm-hmm. what I want it to be to be competing in high rocks. I'd like to be like ten pounds heavier and just way more muscle than I have right now but Um, but I can get there eventually. I probably need, you know, six more months from today, like literally now. Um, but I said, but I said, um, but if you are serious, if you get me in the elite wave, like you're telling me, then yeah, I'll focus on this and train for this is my next big thing. Cause all I've been doing last year was, you know, running like virtual marathons and like, you know, ran the JFK 50 miler. Um, so, so he goes, yeah, no problem. And then all week that week, I'm texting him, like, hey, I saw someone else got invited. Like, where's my code? Like, what, once, like, let me hook me up with this entry. And I had started training for it. And um, a month goes by and I'm just training for high rocks. I'm doing sims all the time. I'm, do, I'm starting to dial in workouts specifically for it. And then I'm like, what's up? When are you going to get me in? He goes, you're not going to get in. He goes, I'm not giving you a spot. So after all this, now I'm a month of training into it. And I'm like, well, screw this guy. I'm getting in. So that's where the shit talk began, because I figured if he can shit talk his way into the CrossFit games, then I'm just going to take a page out of Hunter's book and just shit talk my way into this Invitational. Like, it's not like I expected to beat him on my first try, but you got to, like, I'm a TV guy, man. I know the deal. Like, you got to play it up a little bit. And I knew I would have a very, very good, respectable first go. So, um, so I just started talking a little bit of smack, but I thought I did it in a respectful way. You know, the, the, I'm going to put my foot on his throat thing comes straight out of an old line that I used when he and I competed against each other in the Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge in like 2015. We pulled it, I pulled it right out of the episode. And, uh, and so he's like, he called me after he, cause I sent an email to Iraq being like, Hey man, like you really need to invite me. Here's all my credentials. And I'm the guy that's going to put my foot down on this guy's throat. And he forwarded it to Hunter. And then Hunter called me and was like, put your money where your mouth is. Like, you know, and I should have taken that damn bet. <laughs> you he bet me, he bet me, I think it was five grand, <laughs> five grand. If I get top three, he'll pay me five grand. And if I don't, he'll pay, I'll, I'll pay him five grand. And I should have taken the bet. But I was like, you know, you don't, you don't make that bet with the guy who is choosing the lineup. You know, because then, you know, you never know who's going to get invited, you know. Um, so anyway, people got all up in arms because they said I was being like a cocky jerk or whatever. But really, I was just trying to get into the race. And um, and I think I proved that I deserve to be there, if nothing else. Oh, so
2: what do you think the phone call was about that in the first
1: place? Was uh, which,
2: it just to, to just to get you going? To, yeah.
1: When? Which call?
2: Like the very first phone call. Like, why do you think he would have made that phone call then? Just to get you going and then leave you hanging?
1: Um, I think he or wanted like
2: the start of the game, basically. I mean
1: I think he wanted he wanted me there initially because he didn't know who he was gonna bring. And then he just decided, like, I'm gonna invite all these other people. Cause then he started telling me like I was like, Come on, I'm faster than this person you're inviting, I'm faster than this person you're inviting. Like Trust me. He's like, you've never even run a high rocks. You've been retired for this many years. He's like, you're just a, you're just a gym instructor. He's like, I'm talking about real athletes. That's what he said to me. So then I had like this really nasty fire. He's in the my gym belly.
2: instructor.
1: Yeah. So I mean, he just, it just, it just kind of, it just sat with me. And then that was kind of my motivator to, to. You Know one, talk my way in, and two, train my butt off for it. And I, you know, listen, I, I, I still, like I said, I think I'm six months away from being really competitive in this, but, but you know, I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be a lot better. Kent, Kent texted me yesterday and was like, You did basically what I did on my first go, and he's gone under an hour now, so um. You know i think, I, I'm, I think gonna, he, I'm gonna
0: get to those numbers in a bit because i actually I, I got some stuff i want to run past you for numbers wise so after all that happens right all the, shit yeah. talk, all the shit talk starts and you're not on the list it's supposed to go in february gets canceled right yeah or, or yeah, not canceled postponed to april 10th so from that yeah. point, how did you end up how did it, it go through the sequence of events of how you actually did up end up on the list
1: so okay, that's right uh, so i ended up uh i went on i got invited. I texted Mappy Davis, I was like, Hey, man, I really want to get in this. And um, he invited me on this podcast to just make my case. He said, make your case. And that was literally like what we did. And I made my case, here are all the reasons that I deserve to be there. And here are all the people that are legit at High Rocks who have said that I should be there. Here are people that you've invited who said I should be there. And, um, and then, you know, a lot of people just kind of ran with that as me being like a jerk, whatever. Um, but it's, it was, you know, it was, there was no, no, no anger or anything like that. It was just like me, I, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to these sports, you know, I've covered them for a long time and I'm not just talking out my ass. Like I actually know what I'm talking about and, and this was a good fit. So, um, so I pushed hard there and then still didn't get any movement when I was emailing everyone that worked at High Rocks, I emailed everybody that worked there. With like a big long letter about all the reasons that they should invite me, and then still nothing. So then I went on. I was just peppering Iraq with with messages every single day and tagging him in every post that I put up. And it was like, and I put a hashtag, let Megita race, and it just. And then I would put polls up, like, you know, like, should Megita be allowed to race in the High Rocks Invitational? Yes or no? And it would be like ninety percent of the people responding would be like, yes, yes, yes. And we just kept harassing him until he put up a poll. And it was like, should I let people race? And then, uh, so I let me get a race. And like 90% of the people were like, let me get a race. And he finally just kind of like caved and invited me. And um, and then he actually invited me right before it was postponed. So okay. then it was like, from there, it was just kind of like, continue to play the game. He asked me to keep like hyping it up. He wanted to make this big like rivalry between Hunter and I, because we got a TV episode. Yeah. Too, right. Like you got to have something. Um, and yeah, I mean... I I really thought I was actually going to be legitimately well under an hour on my time, but, but, you know, obviously the, we'll get to all that stuff, but the the course is, is different than I expected. And that's why I was saying it's such a big learning experience. Um, I still think I did very well, all things considered. Fantastic. And I mean, that that
0: was honestly fucking genius. Well done, man. (laughs) It's really, you know, it was a solid strategy. I can't, I can't find fault with it. And yeah, you didn't take it over the line. You didn't go too far. Um, We had a few episodes where we talked about it for sure. And it was, you know, it was, it was smart. It was the way to do it. It got you, and it got you where you wanted to be. So, scheduled for April 10th. So, now, uh, one of the better things I would think for that is um, more time to train and get ready?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, for me, definitely more time to train. For Hunter, though, more time to improve his fitness, because I think he he spent the, the next two months really focusing on his running, and, and that definitely showed on race day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, the prepare the preparation that I was doing, some of it really translated well, and others other parts of it, like I see now, like it's such it's really an education process. Like I really see now, like okay, here here are the holes in what I had in my training, and here's where I need to improve. So, you really can't like I had so many phone calls with like Bracken, where he'd be like, you really need to focus on your sled push and your sled pull, and like they just hit way harder than you expect them to, and. Um, and I was like, no, man, like, I'm pushing, like, 800 pounds on the sled, like, in my gym. Like, it's going to be fine. And yet, like, the sleds there f- felt like you were pushing, like, 800 pounds. Like, it's it's kind of wild. So, and you said this before. About yeah, it is.
2: It's, I, so I have a, what's that?
1: I was going to say,
0: you said this before about it, too. So, like, what's the difference? Like, I –
2: I think there's something with the carpet or something, too, that just makes the friction that much harder. And you don't get good traction on your feet. Like, you can – I train with the weight all the time, and it just felt a million times harder at the event.
1: Yeah, it really did. Um, I, my traction was actually okay. I thought I picked a good shoe, and um, I wasn't concerned with traction really at any point aside from, like, the cornering. The running the corners was, was very sketchy. Um, but, and like, you would do like a lot of deceleration, reacceleration, which taxes the legs a lot. And I'm, like, I'm very much like a rhythm runner. So, you know, I was really hoping for like two big laps, three littler laps definitely slowed me down like a lot. But, you know, it slows everybody down. So, yeah, we mentioned you know. that
0: in the broadcast. We were saying that if, you know, and we didn't know how, what the humidity in the building would be like and stuff like that. But with that many people running around on a concrete floor, it can get very slick you know, it can get moisturizing, especially if those tight – if you got tight corners,
1: that can be, you know, someone can take a header pretty easy on that. Um, well, you know, we actually – you know, I I, I just had to swoop wide on a few. Like, you, you kind of figured it out after a few laps, each spot. But then, yes, they would release new waves of people. And now it's like – now you're weaving through people and you're also – taking corners and like sometimes like someone you, you think you're going to take the inside on a corner on somebody and they're not an experienced racer they're just out there and all of a sudden they take the inside corner and like I I checked like two women like in the middle of the race um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, like I didn't even mean to it was just like we just kind of collided and then you know like Hunter and I had a collision and one time he kind of I think he did it on purpose he kind of ran me into a wall um I no. that wasn't like aggressive it wasn't like he threw an elbow or anything like that and you didn't have a like, bucket to throw at him no and, and <laughs> i wouldn't um i think i think he had too much on the line to throw an elbow or you know anything that would get him dequeued and, and and honestly like as long as a little jostling here and there like you know rubbing his racing but like keeping it reasonable too and, and there was nothing beyond reasonable in it. so like i thought that was all fun and, and good um, but you definitely had some, some weird sketchy corners, some sharp turns and, um, it changed it a lot. And then obviously the transition area was, um, very, very, very long, very long transition area. So that added a lot of time that I, I didn't anticipate having that much extra running in it. That was helpful, I guess, for me, cause I'm, I, I had the fastest run splits, but, and then I had the fastest rock zone split, I believe so. So that was all good, but I, I needed to be stronger in the other areas. Yeah, well, you know what? I might as well dabble into that because I got, I got
0: the numbers in front of me here and that was oh, God. definitely what jumps out here. Is, no, but I think it's a good thing actually. In hindsight, it's a good thing because it's a good thing. You know, um, <laughs> it, it shows that there's a lot of room for improvement for you. So yeah, you ran a good solid time, but there was a lot of time lost on things that you can improve on. I mean yeah. you're not you're not going to become much faster of a runner over the next whatever few years, right? That may, that being the case. But you can definitely get faster at these stations. And oh, For sure. Yeah, we're like you you were of, of the group, you were the fastest on the runs. You were where are we here? You know, um you you were like seventh and eighth and ninth on some of the stations.
1: Yeah, so well, you know, like if we if we if we talk about how this like race played out, and I think we should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I ran conservatively on the first lap. I was like, let these guys, let these guys work. I'm not going to fall for the trap of like overworking the first, the first thousand meters because it's thousand meter, thousand meter skier, thousand meter, and then everybody's heart rates are exploded and then they're just, they're a mess. Um, So I just chilled. That was cruise control and then hit the skier, and believe it or not, I was 500 meters into the skier, and my abs started cramping, and I was like, what is happening, like, I was like, oh, and my, like, alarm bells are going off, I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, like, I taught all this shit, and then I'm gonna cramp up, uh, and so I had to slow down, I was doing, I was pulling 140 pace, and I had to slow to 153 to, to avoid cramping, like, my abs cramping, because those don't, those will wreck you, and, an ab cramp, and um, so then, yeah. that's why, that's why I left the erg, like, 12 or 15 seconds after Hunter did yeah. um and started the next run, but then but then I felt great. And then I just rolled everybody on that next run. And then um and my plan was to was to run faster splits than I did, but obviously the cornering makes it sketchy. Like I was planning on running every thousand at like three twenty-five, which is like five thirty mile pace. And, and you were in there, like I mean, your first lap was three oh five, and then you
0: settled into like the the kind of like the 330, 340 zone after that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the first lap is shorter. And so you have to account for like probably an extra 20 seconds or so on the first lap that, that we didn't get. Um, but yes, um, it was, it was quick, but it was not overrun I think for me. And then um, we hit the sleds and Hunter takes off on the sled. And I was, I was like, I'm in the lane next to him in second place. And, yeah um the crowd is like screaming and it's like this whole thing and i and i remember just you know looking over at him and seeing him hit the sled go about halfway down the lane and then stop for a breather and like step back from the sled and i was like man he's hurting already i was like and i go and i do my push and i blow like right by it and i was like okay oh i can push with him no problem oh let me get in his head and, and then we go like, like just toe to toe, like every time he stops, I push the sled past where he stops and we just keep going like this back and forth. And I think he was playing me a little bit. Cause I think he wanted me to like really push hard on the sled to like take something out of me. And, and it did, it did take a, a lot out of me. Like I was pretty banged up when we finished the sled, he comes off the sled. I came off the sled, like, I don't know, like eight seconds later. Yeah. And, um, and then I had to walk like until I got to like the, the corner to transition out. I had to walk like 20 yards. I was like, I need this. And then took off and then smoked him on the next run, right? And then come out, come into the, the sled pull in first place. And that is where he just demolished me. Um, His sled pull was unbelievable. It was crazy. It was crazy. And, and like, look, like that's where I look at him like, oh, my God, I can, I can get two minutes faster on that sled pull. I can get two minutes there. Well, yeah. Um, like on the sled pull, you were, you were seventh on the sled pull. Yeah. I had a rough pull. So, um, I mean, and I think part of that was that I I really hit the, the push too hard. And then I also hammered the next run, which is not that I ran that fast in the next run, but it's hard to run super fast coming off a really aggressive sled push. And so my heart rate was very high. Um, and I was just, you know, I was surprised by how much, uh, how much grip and like bicep I was using on the sled drag because again, it just felt a lot heavier. And you were talking about like why is why are these sleds feel so heavy? I think um part of it is the type of sled they use, the weight distribution is very different. I use a prowler sled with which has got you know it's wider at the back, and you put the weight more towards the back end. And um, for whatever reason, center loading the weight, I think on these sleds that are like they're like a dog sled or an echo sled, like they just tend to sit a little heavier into the ground too. So that's part of it, I think, for why they're harder. And then, yeah, the carpet is very high friction carpet. So um, I learned for next time, I'm going to just really, I'm going to start practicing all my sled drags with like 800 pounds. We're just going to get really monstrous, you know, Um, come off the sled and now I'm in no man's land because even though I didn't have a great sled drag, I was so far ahead of everybody else. By that point, I was, minutes ahead of the next guy, I think. And then two minutes behind Hunter. And I'm like, okay, well now I'm just going to run hard, but I gassed myself. I come into the burpee broad jumps and I was just gassed. Um, I just never really pulled my heart rate back down where I wanted it to be. And then from there I had a really lousy burpee broad jump, probably the worst of all my training sessions. And that's not one that should be any different. Um, um, and then, yeah, I had a, a lousy row I was just, I use the row as recovery. Yeah. I used the rows. I really do. I, I just took a gel during it. And then I don't know if you guys probably didn't see that, but I ate a gel as I was coming in and threw it on the floor next to my rower and then just kind of chilled on the rower. And the whole idea was like flush the legs, get the heart rate back down, hammered the run after that one. And then um, started having some cramping issues right after the farmer's carry. So cramped up in my calves a little bit and just kind of had to pull back on the run a little bit towards the last couple runs mm-hmm. and then on the wall balls I completely and then the lunges too I was trying to avoid cramping so um quads were trying to cramp and I didn't take any water during the race so that was probably a factor taking the water without taking the gel without water is like never smart but I honestly I never saw a water station I was so tunnel vision the whole race like the the water station. Like I found out afterwards when we were watching some of the live feed, I was like, there was a water station there. Like I had no idea. So, (laughs) um, so we, you know, I finished the lunges, ugly lunges for me too, slower than normal in my training on the lunges. Um, and then the wall balls, I kind of just mailed. once I got through my first like 50 or 60 wall balls, I really mailed it in. So, um, I was like, I'm like three and a half minutes ahead of the next guy. Hunter's already done. Like, what's the point of like killing myself to do like a four minute wall ball round? I could just ease in. And I did like, you know, like just a hair under five minutes, I think. But, you know, that I can t- take a minute off of for sure, too. So there's a lot of these stations that, that for sure I can, I can do faster. Um, but I got to be conservative early in the race, I think is the biggest lesson learned.
0: I, it's amazing. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, when you say a hair under five minutes, yeah, you were 459. So, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, that that could definitely be shortened down. But yeah, like, yeah. And we, we mentioned it in the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Beth. Were you jumping in there?
2: No, no, it's okay. Go ahead.
0: Okay. We were saying it on the broadcast that once you kind of, by the time, yeah, almost right after the sled pull, we're like, and we went into the rower zone, like, we were kind of saying, there's no sense pushing too hard now.
1: It's It's more about,
0: it's more about not blowing up and just setting yourself a good pace and maintaining that gap, you know? Well,
1: yeah. And that's it because, because originally my plan was to just race the clock and not even worry about Hunter. But then once he and I got caught into that little duel and I, I overextended myself like way too much, like instead of running, you know, because there's two ways to race, right? You can race to run like your best possible time, which is like run conservatively, run smart, hit your splits. And then there's like race to win, which is like never lose contact, duke it out, head to head, play the psychological games, all that stuff. And I switched to that method in the middle of the race. Um, and and then that meant that I suffered like way more through the later parts of it. It's, it's, it's almost like watching Derek Yorick lead the Boston Marathon for – Two miles, and then have to suffer through like a like a three hour marathon the rest of the way. Um, it was it was kind of like that. So I I hurt pretty bad, but like once I was on the rower, I was like I was like three and a half minutes up on Eric by the time he reached the rower, and I was like, well, I, what am I hammering for at this point? And now it's yeah, just. Just don't blow. Like I'm not trying to lose three thousand (laughs) dollars. Like so. Like let's just be smart. Let's just take it easy. So I took my foot off the gas. I think he gained on me over the rest of the race. I just kind of, I ran the runs as well as you know I could without like really hurting myself. Without because like then then you're worried about like when the when the cramp twinges start. You're like let's just not let's not go there. Let's not get to that point. Let's just hold it back. And um, if I had just gone 30 seconds slower on the sled push to begin with, I think I would have had a very different experience through the whole race. And that's high rocks, right? It's like, it's, you can't win the race on any one station, but you can lose it on one station.
2: Yeah. Um, I think it's tough though as a competitive athlete. Cause I was thinking too, if anyone in that situation and you're neck and neck with someone, it's hard to not get in your head where you just want to go toe to toe with that person. Like, I think anyone would have done the same. And Hunter probably knew, like you were saying, you probably knew that if you guys got side-by-side, side, you might overextend yourself. So it was probably part of his game, too.
1: He's a good tactical racer. I mean, it's like most people think he's a big dummy, but he's, he's smarter than you think he is, at least, um, especially as a racer. And, um, you know, like, so people also, maybe most people don't know, like he and I have been racing together for like nine years, not just like showing up to the same events, but like, you know, sharing hotel rooms and and running on the same team and all that stuff and um we were really good friends we've had contentious moments and then we've been really good friends again and it's kind of like this on and off thing and um he I always called him Seabiscuit like the idea of like when when like you you slow Seabiscuit down so Seabiscuit can go eye to eye with the horse next to it and then Seabiscuit can't lose like it takes off but um I kind of got my own like Seabiscuit moment like where like (laughs) He like when I'm next to him, I was like, I was like, screw this guy. I'm gonna just break him like right here. And clearly, he wanted me to think that. So it's 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 good that you can uh, you can at
0: least uh, admit that you got caught in that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I fell into the trap. It's it's fine, it's fine. But I do think that yeah, man, I would have been much quicker if I just run my own race. So the biggest question then is future is this
0: something you're sticking with? Like, I mean, are you going to angle your training towards staying in high rocks and, and and getting better and better?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still want to take him down. So, you know, I think I'm definitely, I'll definitely crack an hour next time. One, because I'll, I'll be a minute faster on the wall balls alone. And then, this course, from what Jack Bauer was saying, he, he thinks that this course was two to two and a half minutes, I think, slower than last year's course. Um, I mean, based on the fact that Hunter was like a minute 30 slower than last year, despite running faster, his fastest run he's ever done, his fastest burpee broad jump, his fastest lunge, his fastest uh, farmer's carry. Yep. It's like, <laughs> and, and having, a, like, from what people have told me, a much harder sled than the previous year um so um yeah it was interesting
2: because i i want to ask you about the sled thing so because when i when i did higher ups the sled it was 25 meters 25 meters and i found out the hardest part was just getting the tension out of the rope because it was so long did anyone say anything about that though because you had a shorter distance that you had to move it
1: it's interesting right so like that is definitely a factor and for sure that that makes it harder longer rope makes it harder um but the the slip coefficient on the carpet i think easily negates that because um before people were like oh like i had trouble getting traction it was slippery but remember if it if it's slippery for your feet that means the sled will slide easier too right so so there is something there like i had zero issues with 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 slipping cuz this carpet was tacky as hell um but then the sled just stuck to it like glue um it was pretty wild um, and I think okay. that the anaerobic effort that I put out both from the push and the pull really affected me for the rest of the race. Like I could still turn over on the run because I can always turn over on the run. But but the other stuff, like I just – it just really beat you down. Now, what you're saying, Bethany, too, is with that with – that,
0: I think with the sled where you had more time – not so much in the push. On the push, I don't think it would be as relevant. But on the pull – you're having to run back and forth more often, which means you're having to break up your momentum, right? So you're yeah, almost true. having to take more breaks. So in a way, I thought when we first went into that, I thought that that actually might slow things down on the sled pull because you'd only get 12 and a half meters. Then you'd have to run to the other end, pull 12 and a half meters. And although you're you're not pulling the stretch, as much stretch out of the rope, you're having to, to stop it. Move and more. Move
1: more, you know. There like, is extra distance for sure. Um, Alex Ronsivik, this is a good way to like, to like look at it, and I was like looking through some stats yesterday. Um, was, I'm not a Jack Bauer stat nerd, but I'm a stat nerd. And um, Alex Rontevic has done 102 multiple times, and he went 110 yesterday. And wow. he has on the sled push in Europe done 145 or something crazy fast, right? Right. <laughs> right. You have to throw it out. Different different material that they're pushing on, right? But Yesterday, his sled push was what, like four minutes or something. Like it's the difficulty. The change was not in weight. The change was in that that the the coefficient of friction. And I think that that um, just really shocked everyone. It definitely shocked me.
0: Yeah, he um he definitely when you guys got there, he was still hanging with you two when you guys got to the sled push, and then that just just obliterated him. He was he was cooked after that. He Mm -hmm. dropped right off the map for a while. We didn't know where he went.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it, credit to him for going for it. Like oh, he really yeah. did. And and then also, you know what? He pulled himself back into the race, which mm-hmm. which like, man, you know how hard that is when you're like exploded and you just got passed by like everybody and then you put yourself back together. He didn't, he never really had the running legs to, to do what he needed to do, but but he did a lot of other stuff really well. Like he did his drag, his pull, his pull was really good, I think, from what yeah, I understand. Really good. But I mean, plus he did do all the traveling to get
0: there and stuff like that, and that is wear and tear on you to get ready for that. Oh, for sure,
1: yeah. But I mean, listen, like even like I had I, I went out and had a couple drinks with Elijah Muhammad last night and his wife. And That'd be a cool experience. That was fun. <laughs> They're really fun. Um, and it was just my girlfriend Kate and I and the two of them, and and we just went and grabbed like a drink and and um and he was saying. I was like, was the sled hard for you? He was like, hell yeah, the sled was hard for me. And this is this guy, and he's a monster, right? He's so strong. Um, but, but he was like, that sled was like one of the hardest sleds he's like ever pushed and pulled.
0: And, and like I said, is it just comes down to the make of the sled and the carpet? Is that the
1: deal? I, I think, I think it's the weight distribution and the friction. That's, that's like, I, I was blown away. I, I, I was like, this feels like 700 pounds. And Beth, you've said the same thing about when you did it too.
2: Yeah, and I don't know. The carpet looked like the same carpet. It was that gray kind of shiny looking carpet. But like, I don't know. It could be the surface it's on. But I even noticed with the women, like Lauren was really struggling on the sled this time. And she doesn't seem to normally struggle that much on it.
0: Yeah. Would, would um, High Rocks be wise to take a page out of actually Deka's book? and have those tanks or something
1: on the wheels and then the carpet becomes a moot point. Maybe. I don't um, think... It, I mean, because yeah. no, like like the the wise statement was made, I think not all high rocks are created equal. Like, mm-hmm. um, maybe. I don't know how, I've never actually pushed one of those, like, tanks. I don't know yeah. how hard they are. I'm, I really have no clue. I uh,
2: haven't. They're what just is, so big and expensive, though, Dave. <laughs> like, when you're thinking about moving these things around the country, too, like, those tanks take up way more space than the little ones that
1: Hyrox uses. They Well, I don't know because the, the tanks do, but they also have the weights. Sure. They already own, like, they already own all those assets. Like why why invest more money when you have all these assets already? And and honestly, I think the, the actual sled looks just so badass. Like I, th- I thought the look of that, that was for everybody that came up to me and talked to me after the race, they were like, that that sled push was like the most epic thing you know so it it was and it looked it was exciting when you looked like okay you came
0: in very close and then it looks like you were like okay is he? because hunters said time and time again the race begins after the sled pull after the sled Mm -hmm. push and you know to come out of there or you know come in there together and get pretty close and it it made it look like it was going to be it was going to be a pretty good race
1: yeah you know i felt that way too (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, but again, like, you know, like I talked to Kent yesterday, Ryan Kent, and he was like, man, like, you had a great first showing like, yeah, like, don't stress. He's like, he's like, I cut like four minutes off it between like my first and my third. So like, he's like, this is just this is just how it goes your first time. It it seems like that with everybody. I mean, even
0: um, I think in the women's thing yeah, it's, it might be an odd example, but Brooke Bowen. Brooke Bowen had a time of about 131 before. This time she was 126. Yeah, like yeah. a five minute cutoff. That's that's amazing. And and it seems I mean, five minutes might not be the norm, but it seems there's a very drastic decrease in everybody's second attempt when they start to learn how to pace themselves exactly where it's going to hit them, how it's going to feel, how the, the different uh, stations will hit, hit them, uh, you know, cardiovascularly. So it just it definitely will be a drop off. I would not be surprised to see a scrap 60 on the next one.
1: Yeah, I know. I think that 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 would be the goal is crack 60 and then take at least a minute off each time moving forward from there. You know, like a minute is 15 seconds around between a run and a station piece of cake like like that totally can be squeezed out. Um, But but like it's like, okay, I'll get a minute faster on. I'll get at least 40 seconds faster on the burpee broad jumps, a minute faster on the lunges than I did because I've I've in in training during my Sims. I've done a lot faster in the lunges than I did. Um there were some things that like, you know, like surprise you a little bit that are different than in your training, because like for the lunges, you're not allowed to remove it from your shoulders once it's on there. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, for me, I have to adjust to the fact that this is not a sandbag. It's a bag full of weights. And that means your neck is wrenched forward. And I was like trying to keep my neck from like, like locking up. And, uh, that was a surprise experience for me. So I got to get like a similar sandbag. I can't use like a bag that's full of sand. Right? Like, like these are things that, that are learning experiences that that it surprises you. Like it wasn't my legs that were, my legs were cramping a little, but it was also like my arms were very uncomfortable in that position. And I've got to get a bag that has handles in this exact spot as opposed to out here. Like it's it's getting exactly used to the precise things that you're going to do. And those change you dramatically um the burpee broad jumps it's it's um just being more used to selling out on that like i kind of tried to recover too much on that instead of just selling out on it and hunter sold out on the burpee broad jumps i mean he went like 2 minutes flat like crazy yeah. crazy um and i think he also knew like okay this is the time to like put the hammer down and like win the race like right now and for me it was like okay I literally knew I cannot catch him at this point. Like it's already, it's already too much to, to gain. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was kind. I, I kind of just was running very conservatively for the rest of the race. No, yeah, it makes sense.
0: Um, so I guess one of the questions I would have was, what are the biggest surprises for you from this? Like, and, and I'll be for me, I'll go back to actually performances. Uh, Rachel Schreiber, I don't want to say she was too much of a surprise for us because I actually picked her to do well. Yeah, (laughs) and good um,
1: good bet, good bet, good bet. Well,
0: it's only because we talked to her and she explained how her training was going, so (laughs) we, we, so she she let us in. But she's a fantastic. Um, I was actually really impressed with Faith. Um, Yeah, I know. I mean, she she put in a really good time, and what was her
1: time? uh, I believe it was one nineteen.
2: Wow. wow! Yeah, and you then, know
1: what? Yeah, exactly for like, a girl that like that does not love to run, yeah, she
0: did great. Yeah, she was a big surprise for me. And Eric Hinman, um, actually, I did yeah. not, I did not think he, I didn't have him on the podium at all. I thought maybe he would drift
1: back a little bit. He totally surprised me. Um, so he, curious- yeah, to be perfectly frank,ly I mean, Hinman. Um, I never like actually, I, the only time I actually like, saw him in the race was when he got on the rower when I was like 700 meters in, but, um, but he really surprised me. Like I thought he was there as like a publicity stunt for mm-hmm. 10,000 shorts, but dude showed up. I mean, he can grind and he's not fast, right? He's not no. like fast per se, but, but he can, he can grind and he's, he had no like glaring weaknesses, which I think is the biggest thing.
2: Well, he's an Iron Man guy, right? So he definitely has the endurance, not, not the foot speed necessarily, but. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And, and, and again, like being able to suffer is probably the number one thing that you need to be good at high rocks. And then from <laughs> yeah. there, it's like, okay, like, let me, let me put together like my skill specific stuff and my high intensity work and like my, my actual like power training. So, so what about you? What, were there any other big surprises? What got you
0: as a, as a big surprise?
1: Of, of like, the events or of, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, obviously, the sleds were much heavier than I anticipated. Um, and and the the sandbag was heavier than anticipated. I put the I put the uh kettlebells down on the farmer's carry a couple times, but that was planned. That was like I use that I use that station as a recovery station so I can just blast the next run. And, um, and you know, my time was still like two, like, under two minutes, I think, there or. So right around two minutes, I think. So I got that was fine. Um, I think I was just surprised that I cramped up a little bit. That was probably the biggest surprise for me. I was like, "This never happens to me." So,
2: um,
1: so that yeah, everything was harder. Everything was harder than than how I've done it in my training, which is so interesting. Um, you know, so that's why like in my training, I've done the full distance plus extra in like the fastest one I did was like 53 minutes. And I was like, obviously you're going to add like rock zone time and stuff, but I never thought that it would be like that much harder in each workout station. And then it does make you slower. And then, um, Oh, let me just say when you're running like your third lap of ever round, and then right as you're passing the start area, they release another wave of pro men. It is insane because now you're like, you're like, all of a sudden there are like 20 guys behind you running as hard as they can for their first (laughs) lap. And you're like, Oh my God, you're like trying to like not get like swallowed by this like horde of people that's like coming from behind you. So that was always like kind of scary whenever they would release another one of those groups. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, I think I was surprised also just by like, if you look at like Kempson's performance versus like what he's done in previous races and Alex's performance and what he's done in previous races, it's like this course was kind of one of the uglier ones for High Rocks. It was not a
0: fast course. It no. absolutely was not. And that, that showed in everybody's time. And that's, I mean, Jack and I had talked about it, and we figure that Hunter probably would have broke his record if this was set up like the other course from the year before.
1: I think he would have broken his record by a minute. Yeah. to be honest, I think that that's probably about where he, he would well, have been in like the 5640 range, I think, give or take. I mean, I'm, I'm guesstimating, um, but his running is stronger than it's been for any of the other events he's done. And he PR'd a bunch of those other events. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, uh, uh, as well, we thought Rachel would have would have got the women's record
0: as well uh, if it was the same course as the year before. F-
1: I don't doubt that. I thought Rachel let me talk about surprises on the women's side. Rachel was one so exciting to watch, extraordinary, amazing athlete. Like, when can a crossfitter run like that? Great job. Like, fast enough.
2: And, uh, she has a and track background. She ran college track.
1: Did she?: Yeah, yeah. At least. she's a big: yeah. And
2: she's run a Boston qualifying marathon.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not surprised to hear that because she could just, she could just turn it over and she just stayed very steady on the runs. And then she just beasted those stations. Like she obliterated the, the carry station. She was great on the lunges. We watched all that and we were like, she's awesome. Um, and then, you know, yeah. honest, honestly.
2: Yeah. She was actually a runner turned CrossFitter. So she's like that perfect
1: mix. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Great mix. And yeah. then um, I thought Hammond did amazing. Oh. Like, every time she hit a run she just rolled it was like she came off the sled and I was like oh she's going to be in trouble and she was just like took off and I was like man look at that stride like amazing and um and then third female was um weeks right yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah i'm i'm not surprised that she didn't win only because I think she would like at the world championships, she's built and more experienced to run assault runners rather than like, like that takes the legs out of like a pure runner more than it does an athlete like her. Who's like so strong. And, and I think for her, it was like really tough to come in, like with all that pressure of like being the defending champ and all that. And it's like, it's so hard to have that target on your back. And she's like such a nice, like, like, like like level-headed going person so like that's a, that's a lot on her and she's like i just want to run my race like i don't want to i don't think about all that but like i'm i'm not surprised she lost this particular race yeah. it doesn't mean that she can't come back and beat rachel at another event especially if they if they put worlds on assault runners like i stand no chance she'll yeah. do better uh rachel will probably be very good on that but i think it will be close between them then
0: well, I, I know uh, Rachel told us she did a sim before on an assault runner and did a 106 in her sim on the assault runner. So I mean, Dang. yeah, she she is good for that. I don't I don't think you'll ever see High Rocks do that again, though. I think that was just a pure COVID thing to to get something out there, and it and it worked really
1: well. So, so I, I think you'll, it was really cool to watch. I mean, like it was what? fun to watch. That's what got me. That's what got me really hyped up to actually do High Rocks. Was was sitting back and watching that and going, yeah. This is this is it, man. Like like, I think this is what I want to focus on for a little while. Um, obviously, there's a couple other things. Hunter and I are both going to be chasing the same thing coming up, which is uh, we're both going to go for the Clydesdale marathon record. You're gonna put on a couple. Um, of yeah, I'm about 190 right now. Um, but to be competitive in high rocks, I think I gotta be seven or eight pounds heavier anyways. So I'll be in that like one ninety seven range and then I'll just bulk for a marathon. But I mean I ran a two forty the other in November, so bulk for a marathon. <laughs> There's a crazy <if> <laughs> I mean, very often. Just a little, just a little, just a little. But you know, like you get used to it, and and I'll do a lot. I'll do some training with the weight vest on to be kind of used to it. So when you take it off, you just kind of roll. Um, but you know, like I did two forty in the marathon uh, in November, and if I had not, I cracked at mile twenty one. If I hadn't cracked at mile twenty one, we were on pace for two thirty six, which is one minute off the Clydesdale world record. So um, I, I can run that fast. I just got to get a little bigger, and then you know all my friends that marathon a lot they just keep telling me like the more you do it you just start you just have good days and you have bad days and and you'll have a a magical day when it clicks and you could be like my one of my uh one of the guys that kind of semi coaches me sometimes like sends me workouts and um just kind of uh he's he runs a he runs an organization in boulder called the boulder underground uh matt hensley he's like uh, he's like trying to always like Olympic qualify and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like he's a monster. Um, but he said like some days you just have like a magical day where you just like put it all together. And then he's like, he's like, I wouldn't be surprised if you ran a two thirty one. So, um, it's just, it's all about like what your body chemistry is like that day. And, um, and I think the same goes for high rocks. Like I definitely did not feel good as we started the race. Um, waiting till 3 PM to race is, is like a terrible, horrible thing that I've actually never really done since high school because, um, all day I was like, what do I eat? I was re- I really underfed myself like all day. Cause I didn't want to have like an upset stomach in there. And then, so we ate like a bagel in the morning and then I had like an English muffin with like a little bit of egg on it. And then I was, I think I was like in a lot of calorie deficit, like, like going into the race. And, uh, it just, that's a learned practice. Again, another thing, another learning experience, like I'll be more prepared for the next one.
0: And I well, think and that's another dark. minute
1: of speed with as a
0: racer, you're used to going at like seven, you know, like between seven and nine in the morning for your heat.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love, I love, I love going um, early in the morning, and and that's when I typically train is is early in the morning. So, um, you know, I, and then you could do it on an empty stomach or or half a bagel or something like that, and it's fine, or bowl of oatmeal or whatever it is that's your thing. But waiting until 3 p.m. is like, that's two meals. Two meals that you have to like, make sure like you don't upset your stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want anything heavy in you. You gotta have it be like the right fuel. Um, where we were in this hotel was like, you had like only barbecue joints around the area. And then like the hotel food was terrible. Um, so, uh, and extremely expensive. Like, <laughs> like, whoa, I'm really glad I want some money because this hotel was crazy expensive. <laughs>
0: Awesome, man! So, Chicago uh, U.S. Championship, High Rock. So I that to, to
1: go? I don't know because they told us before. They were like, uh, "This doesn't qualify you for U.S. Championships because it's an invitational." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't understand." Um, did I not run the second fastest time of the day? Um, Have you started uh, sending emails to E-Rock? I'm gonna. Well, so 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 Chris Christian. You know Christian? Yeah. Christian came up to me after the race, and we were talking, and he said. Oh, like you're going to do great in Leipzig at the world championships. And I said, Oh, am I invited to the world championships? And he said, of course you're invited to the world championships. So I don't understand how this race can get me an invitation to world championships, but cannot get me an invitation to the U S championship. So maybe they'll waver me in or something. I would, I'm not really trying to have to go and run like another high rocks in like three weeks and then run another high rocks, like, you know, a yeah. month after that, like, give me a chance to like actually train for a little while. That'd be great. But, yeah, I would love to do that. And then, like I said, I have the New York Marathon at the end of the year if uh, if they let me in. I need to f- finally fill, fill out my my info because I got deferred from last year, um, yeah. obviously. Um, and that's, like, a big one for me. And then Mark Gaudet, my, my training partner, he wants us to run a 100-miler at some point in the next year. So we've, we've got a lot of stuff, like, that are really, like, not related from a training perspective, like, all on the same – and the same thing like i I mean it's like i i've I've always been that person that's like you got to specialize if you want to be really good you have to specialize but But i I don't have well clearly i don't know how i'm going to do that yet we'll we'll figure it out you know Uh, i wanted to say like i I am i'm a team morgan for the next one by the way yeah get her into the next one please like that was egregious that being said the women's field was so deep uh so you know like the women's field was much deeper than the men's field so like i'll take second place but like we didn't have lucas there and we didn't have atkins there and um when each time you can ask my girlfriend each time when i found out one of them wasn't racing i was like devastated um because i think that would have that would have brought a lot more out of me for yeah sure well, it'll it'll uh, happen,
0: you know, all in good time, right? Uh, when that border gets open for us, it'll be a little easier for them to get there. I know that was uh, definitely the deciding factor.
1: No, it's it's it's, it's I was sad, um, but but at the same time, like you know, you can only beat who's in front of you, and that's it. You can only race the people who are there at the race. And um, I thought Morgan should have gotten the invitation to the race, but they had a great women's field. Like you know, having Alyssa Holly be there and not even make the podium. Is you know insane, but she's she's been fighting injuries and and having you know like that. It was just like you you looked at that that women's field and it was just so stacked, so crazy. So um I think that that was the race of the weekend. Our race was the, kind of like a footnote comparatively. And and you were we were actually missing
0: three of the best high rocks women from overseas as well.
1: I know that's uh, the most insane thing. Viola,
0: Sarah, and Imke. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah.
1: Women's high rocks is, like, the most
0: entertaining going.
1: (laughs) It's Isn't that crazy, right? Because, like, you know, when you look at, like, Spartan, the men's field is so deep. And the women's field is beginning to get deep. But it's always been a few years behind. It's, like, the women's field is where the men's field was, like, four years ago. And in terms of, like, you have, like, seven people that are, like, vying for the crown and really, like, three who are, like, the big time. And then in the men's field, it's really, like, you probably have, like, seven people that could win on any given day and then, like, another 20 people that could be on the podium just depending on how the course is laid out. And, and in High Rocks, it's reversed. It's, like, you know who the men's winner is going to be, like, before the race even begins. And then it's, like, you got a couple people that might get on the podium. And then on the women's field, it's, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, day to day, like, you could have – Anybody could be that winner. Anybody could set the world record and yeah. on any given day. Like it's, the women's race was so exciting to watch. Like I thought that is damn good television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We loved it. It was so much fun. Anyway, so like
0: I said, we'll let you get to celebrating, man. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh,
2: Yeah, nice. great job yesterday. Yeah, we wanted to congratulate you. Um, and yeah, keep crushing it. Thanks for giving us something awesome to talk about.
1: Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on guys and cheers. I got my wine here. So cheers to y'all. And uh, I love the podcast. So thanks for having me on. Cheers.